0: Hello, and welcome to the Time to Ride podcast with me, Simon the Sportsman Macrath. This week, my guest is Chief Northerner Lee Burgess. Hello. Good evening, Lee. Uh, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm very well, yes. Yeah, thanks for finishing me up
0: here. Can you hear me up here? Yeah, I can hear you <laughs> fine. Um, um, Fantastic. Welcome. welcome to Time to Ride.
1: Thank you. Great to be here. What? I feel like a slight imposter syndrome with some of the previous guests that you've had on.
0: Oh, uh, no. <laughs> not at all. You know what it's like in the cycling world. Everybody just wants to ride a bike or be involved in some way or another. So it's... Yeah. It's, I've not come across any prima donnas yet. So <laughs> That's good. That's yes. good. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about today's incident, mate, because it's, it's one of my little pet hates, when you're out riding your bike and you just a wave of the hand or anything like that, or a nod of the head, and you get no response at all coming back the other way. Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating, isn't it? It happens <laughs> quite a bit.
1: Um, it happens quite a bit. And it's not, um, obviously, I'm, I'm uh, up here in uh, in Cumbria, but, um, you know, they're all a, a very friendly bunch, normally. I think it, um, it happens worldwide, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, it's quite a sad, sad thing. Um, um, you know, it, it just takes nothing really. And I think it, it just keeps everybody a little bit more chipper and you never know, you, you might need their help. They might need your help by the roadside one day. So just a, a gentle nod, um, uh, just an acknowledgement, I think is uh, it's just common decency. But um, yeah, some people don't seem to get it. And sometimes it's, um, it's the faster ones that, you know, perhaps might, should know better, <laughs> but uh,
0: don't think I'll ever put myself in that bracket. That's for sure. Me,
1: me neither. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's. It, I think it's one of those things that I kind of alluded to in one of the previous podcasts. Was it's kind of etiquette, and I think you're getting a new breed of cyclists. And I'm not not knocking it at all because I think people riding bikes is a great thing, but just being brought up in that kind of etiquette where I I remember the old boys used to give you an absolute grilling if you did some half wheeling, for instance, and I remember saying yeah. to one guy, well, what do you mean? Stop half wheeling. He said, I'll tell you what, come back next Sunday and I'll tell you what I mean. And I think we've lost a little bit of that kind of education on cycling etiquette. Um, and I just wonder if some clubs could kind of just kind of reintroduce it to some of their club members. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, I think you're right. Um, and I had a conversation um, about a month and a half ago now with um, with a friend of mine who I've met through um, social media. Um, and he's um, he's a Spaniard and, uh, living in London, living and work in London. And uh, we talked for about half an hour about it. And I was just interested to know um, what it was like uh, when he was cycling as a, as a, um, a teen in, in Spain. Um, and he said it was it was pretty much beaten into you that you know you do always acknowledge um another cyclist um on the road um uh, whether you're overtaking them they're overtaking you um or you're just passing in opposite directions it's always the done thing um, so i think there's um yeah we may have a bit of catching up to do um over here but um some of the feedback i've had um to my site um about that whole situation is uh, it's quite interesting because it's not uh, an issue that's just unique to the UK it's um it is happening in other countries um and um yeah it's it's happened for me I've cycled you know a few different places in the world um and certainly quite a few different places uh, throughout the UK um and it just seems to be you know uh, not prevalent everywhere but it's something that you encounter everywhere so yeah I think we need to uh need to you know sort of have our heads up, heads up a little bit more and um and take a hand off the bar or even just a gentle nod like you say a smile it just goes a long way.
0: Absolutely. We need to take a leaf out some of these old French women's books. It's like, I remember being over there training uh, in the Midi Pyrenees and there's old deers that can barely walk shouting, ale, ale. and you're thinking, hold on, I'm on a training ride. It's like, I'm not in a race. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like, yeah, I can't imagine uh, many people in this country cheering in a cyclist on. But, uh, <laughs> we live in hope. We live in hope. <clears throat> Absolutely. <laughs> Right, anybody listening tonight will denote a Yorkshire twang in your accent and I know you come from Kingston on Hull. How did you end up in Cockermouth for a (laughs) kick-off?
1: Well, I've travelled around about uh, with my um, uh, former career. I've worked in retail um, uh, for most of my life. Um, And uh, yeah, I was uh, was working. uh, My biggest uh, passion uh, when I was growing up is music um, and film. Um, so I was um, keen to get into working in um, at that environment, selling that stuff. So I worked for a, a, a major high street retailer um, uh, who's still still around today, one of the last few major high street retailers that sell physical music. And it's gone full circle because um, they're selling records again now. You know, those old things that, you know, got grooves on that you put a needle on and spin around. <laughs> um, so it's gone full circle for me. Um but uh, yeah, I worked for them um, and I um, uh, started in Hull and then I, um, um, I moved up to Carlisle and opened their very first store in Cumbria um, in Carlisle. So I lived there for a couple of years, um, absolutely loved the area and I you know loved the, the scenery and, and uh, everything we've got on the doorstep here. Um, and then moved over to the northeast because um, uh, that was part of the region, worked through um, the northeast, uh, predominantly living in Gateshead, so, and it was at that time I sort of rekindled my um, my love of cycling, really. Um, at that point, and um, started to get out into uh, that nice gentle terrain of um, Northumberland and uh, and uh, down into County Durham, where you know it's nice and flat, and there's, there's never a headwind, honestly. Um, and, I've raced uh, over there
0: and I know you're lying it's like it's horrendous
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely brutal terrain um forever a headwind you can go out and do a you know um, a loop ride and you've got a headwind all the way around it's it's remarkable um yeah and um, and I was you know pretty much set up there um, uh, and quite happy to live in the northeast so've got a lot of friends over there and um, and then um, I went to um, a friend of mine's wedding and uh, they set me up with um, uh, one of their friends who was a bridesmaid and um, and she was living and working in Paris at the time so I thought hey oh, that's quite good I, you know, I get some <laughs> some free accommodation to go and watch uh, go and watch the tour final stage Somewhere of, on the Chaly uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and um, uh, but and that worked out and um, I managed a charmer away from Paris uh, back to live with me in Gateshead um so um, yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> no more about that and uh, she's from Kessick originally um uh, so we uh, wanted to buy a house together because we were um getting married um uh, rather than just living in the house that i owned um so we uh we decided on cockermouth and moved over here um so yeah i've uh, been here about three and a half years now um i'm really loving it and uh, obviously um the wife sold it to me on the uh, on the bike pretense of the the terrain here and you know fantastic cycling routes that we have um and uh she wasn't wrong so
0: <laughs> it's it's lovely up here you get a sunny day and it's like wow um i, yeah. I know you'd like to ride windlatter quite regularly um and mm-hmm. you didn't take the tour of britain over there for nothing it's a fair old climb
1: yeah that's right yeah it's um it's one of the gentler ones um uh, in uh, in the national park um, but, uh, yeah, either way, it still presents a challenge. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's all written 2018, I think it was, wasn't it, the, the last time they were up here. Um, uh, we are lucky enough to you know, to have that for two days. Um, so there were some holidays put in there, and, um, and the team time trial literally went straight past our front door. So it was deck chairs out on the path, um, uh, get the uh, patio table out there, pots of tea, biscuits, um, uh, and watching it all fly by, yeah, um, which was absolutely unreal. Um, and then the next day, Obviously, they had the, uh, the two ascents of, of Winlatter um, from uh, from the Keswick side. Um, so I got out there early and, um, and got up, up the top, got myself in a good position um, to, to watch them come up. And uh, yeah, they came up pretty fast. I uh, got some good shots of Alaphilippe being chased down by Hugh Carthy, I think, uh, a northerner, um, uh, chasing him up there at the time. Um, so yeah, it was, that was an epic, epic day. And uh, hopefully we'll see that um, return very soon.
0: I've got a feeling I'm going to see a bit of Julian Alaphilippe uh, this weekend in the Strada Bianchi. Um, yeah. He, I know he's got form. 2019 winner, if our memory serves me right. And, I think so,
1: yeah. And I yeah. think he'd
0: be revved up with uh, van der Poel and young Pidcock, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, who's, uh, who's doing exceptionally well. <laughs>
0: well, well I'm, I'm going to put it out there now. I've got Pidcock for a podium in Paris-Roubaix. So it's like, really? Oh, yeah. I, I've just think that across background yeah. with a little bit of luck, because everybody knows mm-hmm. Roubaix is fraught with all kinds of landmines, um, but I've yeah. just got a feeling Pitcock, yeah, I've, I've got to nail my colours to the mast.
1: Yeah, I think he's, uh is definitely strong enough for it. But um, like you say, Alaphilippe's a good shout for this weekend as well. He looked yeah. tremendous at the weekend, um, incredibly strong, and is is uh, you know a joy to watch on the bike as well. Um, he doesn't appear always to be riding to uh, the, the watts. Um, I think he is a bit more of the old-fashioned style of just riding how it feels on the day, um, and it's it's just a pleasure. It's uh, poetry in motion, especially when you think of his uh, humble humble beginnings on the bike as well.
0: What a great team, man. It's like he's there in the rainbow jersey and everybody could be saying, well, you know, go for the wit. What a great team member. Um, yeah. And it's like, wow. Um, I, I'll use a, a cycling term, chapeau, because it's like he buried himself and, and played a fantastic road captain's role. And I was, I was very impressed. It's fantastic. And to think that yeah. we've got a young lad with James Knox, who's a northerner, on yeah. the same team... He's been picking up so many good habits from some of these riders. Um, Yeah, absolutely. He roomed with Gilbert last season, I believe. So it's like...
1: That's uh, it's good company. He's um, yeah, he's one of my uh, one of my idols. um uh, you know, just phenomenal. Think from was it 2011? Uh, so he, he did the um, the um, Arden classics. He won uh, all three, um, and um, and into twenty twelve, obviously world road champion. Just you know, phenomenal rider. Um, 37, 38, I think is he now, something like that, and he's still unbelievably strong. Um, he's got another the twenty years.
0: What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you in my 50s. <laughs> yeah.
1: If it's like David Rubberland, yeah, he'll still be going. <laughs> and uh, Paul Verde, yeah. uh, into yeah. the 40s. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, I was looking to see, um, I've seen Chilbert a few times, I've seen him um, at a finish in, in Paris. And I saw him, I think he was in Mansfield, I believe, at uh, uh, the Tour of Britain. Um, uh, and everybody was sort of hanging around their team sky coach. And I saw the De quick-step coach around the corner. Uh, the team bus, uh, I decided to, uh, to make my way over there and there was nobody waiting. And just as luck would have it, the curtain opened, Brian Holm walked down and followed immediately by Dan Martin and uh, Steba and Gilbert. So, yeah, I had the pleasure of sitting there chatting to the three of them briefly.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the beauty of our sport, that it's so accessible, that what you would have as your superstars can come out of the team bus and be within six inches of not six inches at the moment because it's two meters but yeah it's like they are so accessible and so amenable if you if you happen to be there with a program and a pen the chances are they have signed it for you as well and it's like yeah that's how accommodating they are and to anybody that's listening mm-hmm. and, and hasn't really got into the cycle sport if there's a race coming past your door go and watch it because it's not just about the racing it's the whole atmosphere and it's free yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which brings me to your little venture, because not everybody will know about this, the North Cycle Club. <laughs> yeah. How did that come about? Um,
1: well, in my uh, current role, my uh, day job, if you like, um, uh, it's, um, it involves selling licensed merchandise. And... Uh, And I was basically laid off, uh, well, furloughed, I should say, is the the word that everybody knows now, that nobody knew. Um, I remember about 12, 13 months ago, it wasn't now vocabulary. Um, so yeah, towards the end of March last year, I was felloed, and you know the, the weather was pretty good. Uh, we thought it was only going to be for a few weeks, uh, maybe a couple of months at most, and uh, and then it just dragged on and on. Um, and you know you end up sort of uh, being pissing the floor a bit, like a cage lion, and thinking I need to do something. So I um, need to have that routine and something to focus on. Um, it was great getting out and, and training, and the the extra uh, kilograms were dropping off with all the extra uh, training miles I could get in. Um, but um, yeah, I needed something to occupy my brain as well. So yeah, I started a cycling brand by by accident, during furlough. Um and just put it out there a bit of you know a bit of interest. Just using social media mainly Instagram because uh, the visual aspect of Instagram is is very strong, um, and um, and people liked it and um, and it's grown and grown. Um, so yeah, it's um, it was um, a side hustle. I think is the term, isn't it? That the, these young ones use. Um, um, but uh, with something that I was very interested in and um, and it's been incredibly well received. There's a fantastic community out there on Instagram and, and social media amongst cycling, as I'm sure there is for many other sports and, and hobbies and interests. And um, yeah, it's just grown from strength to strength. Um, so just at that stage now where I'm looking at um, other products, looking at jerseys, um, uh, just to, to get it out there and see how, how far I can progress it with one eye on. Um, the day job possibly coming back and running the two side by side for the future.
0: I think that's what this pandemic has caused a lot of us to do is have a rethink. Now, I've worked in the cycle industry for God knows how long and I got furloughed and then subsequently laid off and everybody thinks the cycle industry is booming. But it's been the kick up the backside that I needed to set up my own business and, mm-hmm. and to produce the podcast. So I always had it in the back of my mind I wanted to do the podcast. And it's been so well received and I got a notification today because I'm going to put it out there. We'll just digress a little bit. I just ranked in the top 22 on the Apple podcasts um, under the hobbies. Um, And that's like phenomenal. I don't get any monetization of this. And it's like I do it for the goodness and the popularity, I suppose, to to put people like yourself out there um, and get you known by other people. And it's just a great response to anybody that's listening. I really do appreciate your support. So thank you very much. Um, so, yes. Yeah, they've
1: been, uh, they've been fantastic for me. They've kept me sane through, uh, through the bad weather that we've had here recently for Swift um, for sessions and, uh, and evenings on the rollers. Um, it's been great to listen to.
0: Oh, yes, Swift. Here we go. Um, where can we find you on Swift? Because I believe you have your own little kind of, what would you call it, team or platform? <laughs>
1: um uh, yeah well just yeah i've been using for um uh, about three years um uh, just you know i um, uh, more because it's just quick and easy without getting a lot of kit on um especially during the uh the winter months you can literally just yeah jump straight on whether it's in your kitchen in the garage in the shed um and have a bit of a workout in there so yeah I'm, i think i'm changed my name on there recently from my my real name just to, to link it into the north um so it's uh, i'm actually just listed as the Northern Air, um, uh, and through um, social media, I've just been starting now to just get some meetup rides just for people um, uh, that that follow the North CC. Um, And, um, yeah, we're just basically just dipping the toe in the water to see how it goes, um, uh, make progress to to races, um, and also just trying to get a few people locally around here that maybe don't arrive with the club, that want that little bit of extra company, interested for when we can do bigger group rides again, Um, to see if there's any interest there Um, there's obviously there's a lot of clubs out there throughout Cumbria everyone wants that sort of big club aspect so um, trying to carry that over to real life um, cycling out on the roads as well when we can do
0: oh that's fantastic Um, and what platforms can we find you on in the north
1: Uh, Instagram mainly Um, uh, I post um, through there um, just as the north cc um, uh, and as you'll see, my face up there, and also people that have um, uh, been very kind enough to uh, to buy some of the products. Um, uh, so try and do everything with a little bit of a sense of humour, um, because um, I do like the occasional joke every now and again. Um, not always my own, so I like to put those out there. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, it's not just uh, down to um, it's not just tattoo um, people from the north either. Obviously, I've chosen the name North because uh, we don't really pronounce our words properly up here anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's why it's just n-o-r-f um and um it's because i've always lived up north it's nothing against the south you know i've got good friends down there um i do enjoy my time when i visit down there but uh i think norths, um the north has has its own identity i think people know what they get um when they go up north it's plain speaking chips with gravy good strong ale um, and some pretty brutal climbs <laughs>
0: Which brings me to one of the uh, caps that you wear. Um, obviously, not the one you've got on tonight, but it goes back to what we first opened the podcast with: "It's never too pro to say hello." And I just think that's a fantastic yeah. phrase. It's like doesn't matter who you are, just acknowledge the fact that somebody's out there riding a bike. And I don't know about you, it's whether I pass people walking, running, cycling, whatever, on a horseback. I always Mm -hmm. either give them a nod or a wave or some kind of acknowledgement. So anybody that's listening there to this that doesn't do that, just have a think. How would you feel if somebody just appeared to blank you as you went past? Uh, If you're happy with that, then carry on. I'm not telling you to do something you're not comfortable doing, but just think how much better you might feel if you just doff your cap or wave your hand.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, that was born out of um, some of the best ideas come when you're just hoodling around on the bike, really. I think gives you that headspace to think. And uh, I think that was born out of um, cycling around in uh, just the start of summer last year. And obviously, we were, you know, everybody riding on their own. Um, but there were a lot of people out. Um, uh, and I was going down uh, Bordell, um and I was just sort of humming an hour, and do I, you know, cut round um, and come back over the Cat Bells road climb and have a, have a bit of an easy day or do I keep pushing on and um, and go uh, sea tolerant up over Hollister that way and give myself pain for the, the rest of the week. Um, and I passed quite a few down there and, um, and I think out of about five cyclists, I think there was only two that sort of returned a wave and it just got me thinking about it and uh, that's where the never too pro to say hello, you know, idea popped in my head. Um, so yeah, it's uh, Underneath the peak on or uh, one of the best selling casquettes or cycling caps out there that I've got at the moment. Yeah.
0: What's on the horizon? What have you got next in line? You must have something um, on the back boiler right now. Come on.
1: Yeah. Uh what in terms of products?
0: Anything you like, because we're one for exclusives after last week here. It's like oh, right. I got I got kind of uh, Ellen fessed up to an exclusive with some uh, right. <laughs> race dates, and it's like, I had no idea she was going to pop that on me, and it's like, um, yeah.
1: Well, at the moment, uh, yeah, in, outside of products, I, I think all I'm, I'm thinking about is, you know, where, you know, where can we travel to, what can we do? I missed out, um, as a lot of people did last year, on, on travel plans. Uh, we were due to go to, uh, just my, myself and my wife had booked to go to the um, uh, south of France um, uh, in June. Um, uh, conveniently, I'm about half an hour from um, uh, Bedouin and Mont Ventoux. Um, uh, So I was thinking of, you know, taking a bike and and doing the Ventoux, the sort of three ways, um, or at least giving it a go giving it a crack anyway. Um, uh, But that was, you know, uh, obviously put on hold. Um, So hopeful, you know, possibly that that might happen um, at the back end of this year. Um, so those exclusives are, you know, uh, are purely just based out on the road and, and what I can do to, you know, just to have a challenge. Um, we've all sort of lost our goals of what we want to do on the bike at the moment. Um, unless you are, well, I suppose, even if you are racing, it's been very difficult um, with the calendar changing so much.
0: I must admit, in the last couple of weeks, I, I, I'll, I'll say I've lost my mojo a little bit. It's like I had a really good mm-hmm. week got thinking, right, hold on, race calendar's come in, and we do... You know my club, Barrow Central Wheelers, we have a full race calendar projected mm-hmm. for the season, um, started at the end of March. Um, but I'm thinking, right, I just it, it's very difficult, isn't it, to juggle. I don't know about you, but it's like setting up a business and yeah. what have you. It takes a lot of your time, kind of mentally as well. And I do have to say to myself, mm-hmm. get out on your bike because it just clears your head and you come back refocused. And that's what I've not done for the last two weeks. Um, so Yes, I think this next week, um, yes, the schools go back. I might find myself with a little bit more time.
1: Yeah. and Get back on it. Hopefully with some uh, yeah. some dry weather as well.
0: It'd be nice, wouldn't it? This last week's been very nice. Um, but yeah. like I say, when your head's kind of to the grindstone, uh, you, you don't really notice it until it's too late. And um, that's unfortunately what happened for me. I've uh, been too busy with my head in uh, business land, shall we say? Um,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: And not focused on what I enjoy the most, which is riding the which bike. Is, which is,
1: uh, time trial's on uh, on fixed gear, isn't it?
0: It is, yes, yes. <laughs> um, well, that, I came to that late. I, I, I always time trialed when I was road racing, and I always said to mm-hmm. myself, I'll time trial, because if I get away on my own or in a break, I know I can go flat out for 10, 25 miles. Um, yeah. And... When I, I'll say retired, I just kind of fell out of love with the sport with the whole kind of US postal debacle and that they mm-hmm. fall out from all of that because I just idolized Lance Armstrong and I got yeah. disillusioned, and one or two other things happened. And I, my wife said to me one kind of summer, I think it's time you got back on your bike. And I said, Well, what do you mean? So every time the Tour de France comes on, there's a copy of cycling weekly it turns up on the coffee table and you are glued to that tv she said i think it's time you got back <laughs> on your bike and i think that christmas she bought me a cycling top um i always remember it long sleeve go one and it was a large and it didn't kind of fall off me that's let's just say that and it's like okay, <laughs> um now i think it'd be hanging off me um But it's like she realized how much it meant to me and my mental state uh, and what made me tick. And I thought, well, you know what will happen. If I got back on a bike, I want to race again. So uh, lo and behold, I I thought, right, how can I make time trial interesting for me? Because I was never going to win anything. I thought, do it on fixed. Why not do it on fixed? And I've never looked back. I've always trained through the winter on fixed. And I just thought, it's great because I can experiment with the gearing. Um, and next yeah. year I'm thinking, I'll get on it I might just be able to go up, a, I'll go down the yeah. sprocket, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, so they, that's the sole reason at a time trial on Fixed, it just makes yeah. it interesting for me, and um, I might do the old crit, but obviously can't do that on Fixed, but uh, yeah, um, so, some good young riders coming up round here that have just got into the sport, come away from rugby, or uh, I think we've got one young lad, mixed martial arts, and he's, he's a demon on a bike, and you're thinking, wow, um, mm-hmm. Put him with a number on his back. It's, yeah, uh, there's some good, yeah. good young riders around. Um,
1: yeah, extra incentive for them. Well, that's, uh, you know, I I, I haven't raced. Um, I have done um, a few time trials on a road bike and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, but for me, um, I like to spectate the racing. Um, it's kind of uh, cycling's always been there, um, uh, but I've not always participated. Um, uh, my uncle, who is He won't thank me if he does get to listen to this. The technology is probably beyond him now. But, um, yeah, he must be um, late 70s. I think he's 80 this year. I think he's 80 in in June and he still cycles and he's still gutted with the whole COVID thing that he got robbed of another go at the Flanders uh, Sportive last year and, you know, also this year. Um, uh, And I think because of that, um, I remember being very young and uh, going to watch him race across Yorkshire um, uh, uh, whilst my mum and dad and me and my brother were, you know, keeping my auntie company by the roadside, and you know, there were the flasks and the sandwiches. Um, and my brother cycled, um, and it was him and, you know, ironically, Lance Armstrong that, you know, uh, got the, the sort of bug back for me to get me back into it. Um, but the racing side of it's, you know, kind of always eluded me. Um, and I know you, you know, age is only a number. But um, I did enjoy the uh, the few time trials that I did, and that was just the uh, the Basle, uh, sorry, the um, the Embleton uh, Ten. Um, so it's just down the road from me, really, um, and I did enjoy that. So it's certainly something that when we can, um, I'll be looking to go back into again um, I'm a few years older, But I think I'm a bit lighter and a bit fitter now than I was then. So you never know.
0: If it's any comfort to you, i like say that those. That apocalyptic time trial on Basinthwaite, I did a PB at the age of 55. So it seems to be the older oh. you get, the stronger you get for time trialing. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> probably get uh, a new one ripped if I turned up to a road race nowadays, but it's <laughs> but it's what you get from it, isn't it? We all know. Yeah. That, um, and I've got a very good friend of mine and I will name him, uh, Dean Island, um, who used to be a diesel engine on the front and he could sit at 20, 25 mile an hour, no problem at all, suffered a really bad mm-hmm. heart attack. And he's, he's just getting back on a bike now. And for him, he knows yeah. he, he can no longer sit on the front and dictate the pace. And he's thinking, yeah. you know, how can I enjoy my sport again? And he's thinking cycle touring where he's under no rush. It doesn't have to show you know, how strong he is, he can just go and do it for himself. And and that's what I like about this sport. It doesn't matter, I can go out with my wife and young daughter and we can just go for a poodle along the canal towpath, And it's like, I really enjoyed that. Um, so it's not about, mm-hmm. you know, going as fast as you can all the time. I'm terrible because I'm a former racer and I still like to race. But it's like, like all <laughs> aspects of it all. And I love watching it as well. Uh, if I get the chance yeah. this weekend, I will kind of try and ca- catch the Strade Bianchi. And then we've got Paris-Nice um, coming up as well, which... Um, yeah, I've a-
1: watching that one closely. I think uh, uh, Mr. Gilles Bez um, on the squad for that one, isn't he? So I'll be looking forward to that.
0: It's a race I have very close and very dear to my heart, um, having worked for the, the brand that you've got on your T-shirt in the past. Uh- um, Yes, Parry Niece was one of our favourites down there. Um, but all that's left is for me to say a very, very big thank you, Lee. I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you. I look forward to seeing you when all this nonsense is over and done with, and we can all hook up and Yeah, a, that'd be excellent. Grab a coffee somewhere. Um, I know we've got a lot of mutual friends up there, like Russell McLean at Beacon Wheelers and what have you. Um, so yes um, yes again thank you very much Lee really appreciate your time and we'll see you soon thank you very much Simon cheers now thanks bye see you soon cheers bye this week's Time to Ride podcast was brought to you by The Spokesman Bespoke Bicycle Wheel Building and Repairs and The North Cycle Club Cycle Clothing and Accessories for Northerners